problem. I don't know what family situation you may have. I don't know that you may say, I have no answers. That's okay, God does. All God says is, sister, daughter, son, I just want you to follow me. I just want you to listen to me. I just want you to chill out. I just want you to have faith in me. Just trust me. But no, no, we want to put our hands. We got to control everything. We got to control everything. And every time we want to control, guess what? Guess what? You push God right out of the picture. Let's take this song and let it really get into our hearts. Let's sing it again. But this time, when you're singing the song, how great God is, someone say, I'm going to believe it. Come on. Someone say, I'm going to believe it. I've come too far, gone through too much to know my God is in control of every situation, every circumstance. I know and I've seen his hand. I know he's with us. And if he's with us, guess what? You're in good shape. Come on now. Look at someone and say, you're in good shape for the shape you're in. Now let's sing it one more time and let's put the song to heart and let's really believe what we're singing because most of us can talk the talk but we're not walking the walk and God wants us to know who he is. God wants you to trust him. God wants you to trust him. It's not enough to say, I know what God's word said. God says, I want you to do. I want you to be doers of the word. The song says it. He's a great God. But do you believe he's a great God for your situation? your circumstance oh but you don't know what I've been through no but I know the one who can bring you through and make you better make you stronger because he is who he said he is let's sing this song one more time and let's really believe what we're singing and give God all the praise and all the glory because he's in your camp he's in your camp he's in your camp
say that song spoke to you raise your hand yeah you see God is who he said he is so often so often though we can get something to distract us to get our eyes off of who he is and that's how we lose the battle that's where our blood pressure goes up that's where we lose hair hey I know what I'm talking about but God but God and all we'll see all will see. How will they see? They will see as you trust God, as you walk, and as you walk in the peace of God. And they will see God in you, even in the midst of your storm, because you have that peace of God that surpasses all understanding. And in the midst of the storm, they see God working out, and they're going to see how great God is. Father, we are so grateful that you promised that you'll never leave us nor forsake us. So, Lord, I pray as we continue to press in to get to know you, to worship you in spirit and in truth. Will you, God, draw our hearts ever so close to your heart? And when you do, God, will you help us become everything you created us to be? Bless each one. May your Holy Spirit have his way today, I pray. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Amen. Give God praise one more time in the house of the Lord. And today's a really interesting one because we're going to be talking about beware of deceitful voices. How many ever listened to someone and they led you astray? Anybody? Yeah. Uh, we have to be careful who we listen to. Uh, today, it's something talking about false teachers. False teachers. Because Peter is dealing with false teachers that are in um, the church and um, and people get left astray now we know that as we looked at chapter one it's talking about knowledge that the greater knowledge that we have about Jesus Christ that the better we're going to have an understanding of what God wants from us a lot of times people make decisions but they don't have the knowledge they say things about God but they haven't really learned what God's word says because they just hearsay and people say it and that's what they believe a lot of times people believe things about God that's not in Scripture. And how, come, how does that happen? It's because they don't read Scripture. And one of the things I've always tried to do for people, people who do not read Scriptures will not grow. People who do not read Scriptures will not grow. And it's sad as a pastor to look at people uh, trying to even be in church and yet not having a relationship with God in their Scriptures or in prayer it's like being at McDonald's, um, but just because you're there doesn't make you a hamburger. Being in church doesn't make you um, really one of God's children. Just because you're in church doesn't mean heaven's your home. What heaven's your home is when Jesus has been 
uh, when you've made Jesus your Savior and you have this relationship with God. And then the next step comes as you grow in God. You become more like him. Someone say more like him. And so, um, so often people listen to so many voices, but they don't listen to the voice that actually going to build them up. And the way you're going to be built up is through the scriptures and, the, and this Holy Spirit to guide you. Now, how many of you, um, when you travel, you use GPS? Okay, only one person. Come on, give me a break. You, how many use GPS? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Everybody uses the GPS, God's personal solution in life. Oh, that's not what it means. Everybody, but how many have used GPS and it brought you to the wrong destination? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's funny, funny, but I'm doing statistics today and how many uh, different generations, how many uh, people in that generation gap know how to read a map. And the, the younger generation probably have never even picked up a paper map. And they don't know how to even read a paper map. And the reality, if anything ever happens electronically, you're going to find out how dependent we are sometimes on our phones or electronics. And I, I, would, I would say that it's good not to be depend, put all your eggs in one basket. It's good not to depend always on electronics. For example, in 2019, Google Maps led many drivers in the mud to get stuck. On the way to Denver International Airport, a large crash took place in Aurora, Colorado, and it caused Google Maps to search for a quicker route to the airport. It happened to lead the drivers to follow new directions on their smartphone that led them on a dirt road. Google Maps put everyone on a private dirt road that was impassable in going through after it had really rained bad. All of the motorists that get on the road got stuck one after the other. And everybody said to themselves this, well, got all these cars going the same direction, I must be going the right way. <laughs> Until 100 plus 200 cars or so what it was, got stuck all in the mud, and the only ones who could get by were the ones who had four-wheel drive. <laughs> I want you to understand something, that the GPS led them astray. It gave them a shortcut, but the shortcut caused, caused them um, most likely to miss their plane and many other things. When we take shortcuts in life, there's always a price to pay. There's not always a shortcut. Sometimes when I'm building something or, I, you know, I think of how can I do this taking a shortcut. And I've taken a couple shortcuts in my life to try to get something done quicker. And I find out that when I take a shortcut, give you an example. Uh, let's, uh, which one are you talking about? Oh, not that one. Yeah, we'll leave that one. That's a bad one. Uh, I, I, well, let's say I'm, I made a piece of furniture and now I am staining the piece of furniture. And there are certain steps you need to take to order to get that piece of furniture looking good. Now, I decided when I was building this cabinet for the superintendent in Missouri's office, I was building him a, uh, a, a credenza, a fancy credenza, and um, I decided to skip some of the treatment of the wood, and because of that, for time's sake, I decided to skip a step, and when I skipped a step, when I went to do my staining, the wood came out not exactly the way I wanted it to come out. 
And why was that? Because when you don't prepare the wood properly, it doesn't receive the product correctly. And so um, I had something, beautiful piece of furniture that really looked terrible because of the stain. And the only way to get around it was to put a smoked glass on top of it. <laughs> and it worked fine for many, many years. And it could still be in the same office today. Nevertheless, I want you to understand that the Bible says in Matthew 15, 14, listen to what it says. If the blind leads the blind, both fall into a pit. And what happens so often is that people listen to the wrong voices, deceitful voices, and there are people in life who want to deceive you. And they really do. They're out to get you to go their way. Uh, they're out to, to coerce you to think a different way with a philosophy on thinking, on challenge. And I want you to know that Peter is facing these things and he has false teachers that are leading people astray. If we were to go to Genesis chapter 3 and we would look at deceiving words, how many remember what happens in Genesis chapter 3? Satan comes to Adam and Eve and he lies to them. Satan lies to Eve and says, did God really say? Did God? What does that mean, did God? He was trying to put doubt in Eve's mind and it worked because all of a sudden she sees this food good, uh, good for food, pleasing for the eye, the, uh, a food that could give her wisdom and power. And so she bites of this fruit and that fruit caused her to recognize after Adam received it, they were naked. They understood what was good and evil, right and wrong. Now I want you to understand something. The devil is still out there trying to deceive people. I want you to get that. The devil is real. The devil is real. He's out to steal, kill, and destroy. One of the things that the devil wants you to pretend that he doesn't exist. That's one of the tactics. The devil, he's not real. I had someone not too long ago say, you know, God I think is real, but I don't think the devil's real. I said, oh, it's really interesting why you believe one is and one isn't. The reality is we don't want to believe that there is evil, but if we look around and be honest, you can see evil is all around us. How many would agree that? Yeah. So let's take 2 Peter and let's open it up and let's go to chapter 2 and let's start a little bit of a journey here. And let's go with verse 1. But there were also false prophets among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you. They will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the sovereign Lord who brought, brought, uh, bought them, bringing swift destruction on themselves. Many will follow their shameful ways and will bring the way of truth into dispute. In their greed, these teachers will exploit you with stories they have made up. Their condemnation has long been hanging over them and their destruction has not been sleeping. Now, as we get into this portion of Scripture, I want you to remind yourself that in chapter 1, throughout the book of 2 Peter, Peter is always talking about gaining knowledge, gaining knowledge. We talk about epi-knowledge, the Greek word epi-knowledge, which actually means to know God, to understand God, to accurately understand the characteristics of God. So let me ask you a question. If I was to say from 1 to 10, how well do you know God? 
just give me, you know, in your mind, pick a number. How well do you know God? And I will tell you that that number will be determined by how much time you spend in his word, how much time you spend in study, how much time you spend in small group, how much time, because the time we put into something gives the product and the benefit from that. And so if God is your first love, someone say first love. Say, say a lot of times people want relationships to grow, but they always miss the, the major to put in. God has to be first. First love. He has to be first. Your first love means everything. If you say you love something, but you give it no time, do you really love that person or what you say you love? So in, that, in this sense, the epinosis is, is saying, gain, get understanding of who God really is. Because when you face a trouble, when you face a problem, you got to know who God is. And that's, what, that's how we have joy. That's how we have strength. That's how we have peace. This is, where, this is where I come from. I come from people. People will always come up to me, and they'll have a situation, but they haven't spent any time in the Word. They have a problem, but they haven't spent any time gaining wisdom, gaining understanding. And the reality is you have to glean understanding. The understanding and wisdom gives you the understanding to do wisdom, how to do, what to do, when to do it. So let's look at verse 1 here. And it says this, But there were also false prophets among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you. They will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the sovereign Lord who bought them, bringing them swift destruction on themselves. Now, it's simply saying this. They were false teachers in the Old Testament. There's false teachers now. Right from Genesis, you had a false teacher. <laughs> false, who was that? Satan. He, he taught Eve wrong. So you're going to, you have, and since then, since then, we've all been led astray. And what we end up doing is listening to people versus listening to what God says. It's so important. The key is, that you and I have to understand is that there are individuals who purposely want to mislead people. I've been around for a while, and I've been around to a point where I've actually seen people that have been used of Satan and come into a group and, and sway people in areas of their life, in the areas of sin. They've actually got into their life to the point where they uh, uh, kind of encourage individuals in the lifestyle of sin. It became secretly. A person who's a false teacher doesn't have a shirt to say false teacher on it. A person who's going to tell lies or people, whether it be the internet, whether they be on TV, whether they be wherever you hear them from, listen, you are the gateway to your eyes, you are the gateway to your ears, you are the gateway to your soul of what you allow in. Here's the problem, here's the problem. You cannot understand what something, a lie is until you understand truth. That's why it's so important for you to understand what truth is. If you understand what truth is, you're going to understand what a lie is real quick. A long time ago, I loved the illustration with the banks. The banks, they taught their tellers all about money. They taught them everything about money before they had these pens that could see if something's counterfeit. They could take up a $100 bill. They could, they could tell if it was fake or if it was real. Very simple. 
and they studied the money. They didn't study what counterfeit looks like because counterfeits are always changing to try to make it to the original. So I want you to understand something. Once you know the truth, you'll recognize a lie. But if you don't study the word of God, how will you know? Look at your neighbor and say, that's true. <laughs> so here's the bottom line. James says it this way. Not many of you should presume to be teachers, my brothers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. The scripture says those who teach are going to be judge even more sternly before the Lord because when you teach people, you can lead people astray in the wrong way if you do not lead them rightly. So that's the reason why I take it very personal. I take it very, I stand before God. I'm not concerned about you at all. I am concerned about God Almighty. And so I take it with utmost importance. And I never just put anything together. It does come with a lot, a lot of time investment. Because why? I want you to understand that God wants more from your life. And I don't care if you read your Bible a whole bunch of times. The key is not how many times you read it, it's what you're living it. You see what I'm trying to say? It's taking the word off the page and then putting it into your life. Now, look at your neighbor and say, no one's perfect. But we're striving and driving to get better every day under the sanctification process. God molding us step by step, step by step. Amen? Hey, listen, remember the saying, I'm not what I want to be, but I'm not what I used to be. Come on now. How many would say, yeah, praise the Lord, those days behind me. Yeah, I know I'm not there yet. But thank God we can sing the song, he's still working on me <laughs> to make me what I ought to be. Look at this now, verse, oh, let me go. Let's look at this, verse 2 and 3. Many will follow their shameful ways and will bring the way of truth into dispute. In their greed, these teachers will exploit you with stories they have made up. Their condemnation has long been hanging over them, and their destruction has not been sleeping. Let, let's look about this. Let me tell you three areas right there. There was quite a few areas with Gnosticism being part of this time period and the Gnostics. But let me tell you a few problems that they were having in this time period. First of all, when you look at the early church, there were false teachings talking about Christ's return and the resurrection, always trying to discredit it. There was also the major one was this one where a lifestyle of sin was okay because it was of the flesh and not of the spirit and so they gave permission in the doctrine that it was okay to have an immoral lifestyle and it's okay you and God could still be really good and so these things crept into the church and you're going to see how the effect of it really affected the church because you know we live in a world today that we want things the way we want things but you know and we just want to be well I don't want to offend anybody listen you cannot offend but one day they're going to stand before God but if you have not spoken those words you're accountable you're accountable don't try to pass off the buck you're accountable you know the truth you say nothing you're accountable Jeremiah says uh, Jeremiah talked about that he's a watchman on the wall the blood's on your hands if you want not the person. So we are accountable. That's why it's important. That's why we share because we care. Someone say we share because we care. 
So let's take a journey here. Look at the journey I want to go. How to recognize false teaching. I want you to get this. This is so important because as it comes today, so many things in history have brought, people lose their way so easily. And as a pastor, when people call me up and, and because of something, you know, they found water on Mars. <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying is that so many times in, in, in our culture, things happen. You know, not too long ago, the whole conspiracy where Jesus and Mary Magdalene and all of a sudden everybody went off the, off the roof and people were like, Pastor, is that true? And I, I almost fell off my seat like they were so easily to believe something just because it was cultu culturally relevant. We need to be grounded in the word of God. And if you're not getting in the word of God, you'll never be grounded. I can't stress this enough. It's not enough just to come to church. Church is where iron sharpens Zion. But what happens during the week as you get with God and in God and in his word? So how do we recognize false teaching? First, if you want to know the truth of God's word, you will need to discipline yourself to know his word. Someone say discipline. First, we need to read it. Second, we need that weekly small group Bible study. Iron sharpens iron. Third, we need daily personal study. When you get in the word and you start reading it to get an understanding. Then you read all the books. Look, we got free books back there uh, that you can take every week. Get a library. Listen to sermons and, or, or studies. These are things that should be taking place so that your spiritual man can grow. I, and all of a sudden people come up and say, well, pastor... I'm not getting fed. Say, so, well, I got one day for you, but what are you doing the other six days? Don't blame your whole week on me. I'm only giving you one meal or some of you two meals a week. What are you doing the rest of the meals? That's up to you. Come on, someone say that hurts, but it's true. But that's what people do. They always want to pass the buck on someone else. See, I don't pass the bucks. I, you know what? I'll take responsibility for where it lies on myself. And if I, if I, if I mess it up, it's me. I, it's, my, it's my deal. I have to correct it. So if I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do, then I don't blame it on anybody else. I'll, I'll put where, right where it be. And if you're with me long enough, you'll probably hear it. And I'll take the blame for it. But then there's other things where I recognize, okay, now, Lord, no. This is, this is I'm doing the best I can. So if I'm going to grow in God, if I'm going to grow in God, I need to be in it to win it. You know, readers are leaders, right? If you want to know the author, you have to. Yeah, that's, I say this because I want to get it in you. Because if you get, you're going to get God's wisdom. You're going to get God's strength. You're going to, God, you're going to get God's breath in your life. It's going to make a difference. You can't live on just one time a week. You can't be strong. You can't come to church and, you know, just be here. So you get weekly small group, you get, and you get interaction with people, you get daily personal, you're reading books, you're listening to sermons and studies, you're being active. Some would say active. Hmm. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, study to show yourself approved unto God. Why are we studying? We're showing ourselves approved unto God. Wow. A workman that needs not to be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth. God's saying, God's saying, I want you to study my word so you can know me. 
I want to know God, so how am I going to know God? I've got to read his book. 2 Timothy 3.16, it says all scripture is God's breathed. That word God's breathed is inspired. That's the very word that when God breathed in the nostrils of man, Adam, he became living. When you read your scriptures, it's like God's breath talking to you. The Bible says all scripture is God's breath and is youthful for teaching. That's good. Oh, watch this now. Rebuking. Oh, we don't like that one. Rebuking. Oh, I think I'm in trouble. I did it wrong. Yeah, it's good to be rebuked. It's good when someone says, hey, 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 this is wrong. You, no, this is not good. People do it in the right way. They're your friend. Correcting. Training in righteousness. Why, why, why? Why is it that the Lord does all this? Why? So that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Someone say every good work. So first of all, we have to get in the Word of God on a daily basis. The second thing, you have to do the fruit test. I worked in produce and um, I worked with fruits every single day of my life. Thought I was going to become a fruit. And um, I might have. I don't know which fruit I am right now. But that being said, we have the Bible talks about a fruit test. Jesus said a tree is recognized by its fruit. Fruit. So if you have an orange tree, what should it produce? Yeah. <laughs> if you had a peach tree, what is it supposed to produce? Yeah. So a tree produces its fruit. So if you had a tree, but it didn't produce fruit, what would you do with the tree? So if God has the people and they're not bearing fruit, what does God say go to happen? It's funny, isn't it? We, we get quiet when, when we think about it, but God wants us to bear fruit. And the reason we bear fruit is because we're growing in God. We are to bear fruit. Galatians 5 talks about the fruits of the Spirit that are supposed to be evident in our life as we look, love and kindness and gentleness and all of those things that, that need to take place in our hearts. So Matthew 12, listen to what it says. Matthew 12 says this, make a tree good and its fruit will be good or make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad for a tree is recognized by its fruit. I don't know about you, but do you want to bear fruit in God? Then the way we bear fruit is by doing what we need to do here it goes. Even when we're in a tough time, bear the fruit. So let me give you what I want. I want to share this with you here. Here's three ways to test the accuracy of biblical teaching. Three ways. So if you're going to test the fruit, you're going to test the tree, you're listening to someone, you're, you're reading a book, um, someone tells you something. All right, these are three ways that you need to really think about what am I entering in? What's, what am I truly bringing into my heart, into my soul? The first is, what does the teacher say about Jesus? What does the teacher say about Jesus? This is, this is everything. Matthew 16, 15 says, Jesus asked, who do you say I am? Peter answered, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And for this answer, Peter is called blessed. If a person does not recognize that Jesus is the son of God... You really need to stop it right there. Because Jesus is the very Son of God who's coming into the world to redeem us from sin. 
1 John says this, who is a liar is a man who denies that Jesus is Christ. Such a man is the Antichrist. He denies the Father and the Son. No one who does denies the son has the father whoever acknowledges the son has the father you see so so often we have people not accepting jesus christ john second john 9 says this anyone who runs ahead and does not continue in the teaching of christ does not have god whoever continues in the teaching has both the father and the son a lot of people want to see jesus as simply like human but not deity a lot of people don't want to call Jesus God, but he is God. In John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was God. And all things were created by him and for him. So first of all, when you're listening to someone, what's their view of Jesus Christ? Do they see him, Jesus Christ, as the divine Son of God who's come to take away the sins of the world? Without that, we have no hope. The second thing you need to recognize is does this teacher preach the gospel? 1 Corinthians 15 says this. Now, brothers, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. Now, watch what verse 2 says. By this gospel, you are saved. If you hold firmly to the word I preached to you, otherwise... You have believed in vain. For what I receive, I pass on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to Scripture, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to Scriptures. It's really clear. The gospel is good news. Good news. And if anybody is trying to add anything else to it, there is a problem, and these doctrines back in Peter's day, whether it was given a license to sin and live an uh, a, uh, immoral lifestyle or to discredit the resurrection or discredit Jesus himself, has an impact on the church. And even the philosophies of this world today and the cultures and the things that people now call acceptable, no, God says it's not acceptable. God has ways that are true. A culture can go a certain way, but there are going to be repercussions and problems and hardships because of those repercussions. God doesn't put lines in the parking lot just because he thinks it makes the parking lot look good. The lines have purpose. It has order, and order brings peace. Look what happens here in Galatians chapter 1, just to show you a little bit. This is a falling away because of false teaching. Paul says this. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let him be eternally condemned. As we have already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than that is accepted, let him be eternally condemned. Those are strong words. 
Those are strong words, but you know, we take things so lightly in a world in its world and stuff, and it's like everything just goes. You know, God really wants our attention, and it's best that he gets our attention in a good time, not, not when things are in chaos. It's really hard when you're in chaos to have peace. But to have peace, to have relationship, to know that God's in control because you have epinosis, you really know your God. He'll take you through those tough things that come your way. And you can know that you know that you know that you know that you do not walk alone. God is on your side. So you have to recognize what, the, what do teachers say about Jesus? What do they say about the gospel of good news? And the third one, really a biggie. Does this teacher exhibit character qualities that glorify the Lord? This is really important. Jude talks about they have taken the way of Cain, they have rushed the prophet of Balaam in error, they have been destroyed by Korah's rebellion. Now, I gave two examples here. Here is Cain's rejection of God's plan. Cain offered the, took some fruit off the ground, offered it to God, and then Abel brought a sacrifice from his animals to God. It was accepted. Cain became jealous. And God had a conversation with Cain before he committed murder in the Bible. And this is really important. The Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must master it. When people say, I'm tempted, I have temptation. When people say, everybody is tempted. There's not one person in this room that's not tempted. Temptation is not sin. It's when the temptation leads you to sin. Jesus was tempted in all ways, but did not sin, but yet became a sin offering on the cross. That's what the scripture says. He became sin because he became the penalty to forgive us, but yet he sinned not, yet he went under every temptation, Hebrew tells us. You see, temptation is not the problem, it's the sin's the problem, and you and I need to recognize Cain could have gone another way, but he let his anger and his jealousy feed until he brought his brother out to the field and then killed him. The first sin noted in the Bible is eating of a fruit. The second sin is murder. It's amazing how fast sin grows, doesn't it? That's why the Bible looks at sin in the Bible as yeast, because yeast just multiplies and gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And if you don't think so, the first sin was biting of a fruit. Look at today's world. Look where we're at. It's chaos everywhere, and unfortunately, you haven't seen nothing yet. So let's look a little bit about Korah. Korah, act of rebellion towards Moses. In Numbers chapter 16, this is a powerful, where Korah thought that, well, hey, he's just as good as Moses and Aaron. And he rose up a rebellion against Moses and Aaron. And God showed up, and he picked who, his, who had favor. And Moses was the man, and Aaron was the man. And what happened to Korah and all his family? The ground just opened up and swallowed the whole group of them. All 250 plus everybody who is in the, the family of Korah. That's what happened that day. People say, wow, that was rough. That was tough. 
Well, the reality is that God was not going to allow this. God does not really like deception. He hates it, according to his word. Dislikes it immensely. And he dislikes those that lead people astray. Let me share this with you, found in Matthew chapter 7. Jesus said, beware of such people and that we would know them by their fruits. Listen to what it says in Matthew 7. Watch out for false prophets. This is Peter just emphasizing the same thing in his Matthew. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Someone say, by their fruit. You're going to see something, but you can only see it if you know the truth. By God's word. Do people pick grapes? from thorn bushes or figs from thistles. Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. That's another tough portion of Scripture. But Peter's really trying to emphasize the, the damage that false teachers can do. Even in the time of Jesus' time, there was false teachers. It's nothing new. But here's the problem with God's people. We're not in the Word. Ask yourself a question. This last past week, how much time you spent talking to God, talking to your best friend? How much time have you spent in his word? What did you learn new this week from God's word? God's word is rich. Every time I open it, I get something from it. Sometimes I'm like, wow. I'm sometimes speechless. It's like a, a, a fire hydrant, drinking from a fire hydrant sometimes. Why is it that we can have such a hunger and a thirst for so many things, but we don't have a hunger and thirst for reading the Word of God? But, but, but we'll blame God, and we will blame people, and we will blame so many other people when things don't go our way. But can I ask you, can I ask you, have you gone before God the way we should go before God? Have you spent time in prayer? Do you trust Him? Because God wants you to bear fruit I want you to understand the portion of scripture we have today. Individuals, false prophets, among the people who secretly introduce destructive heresies, denying the sovereign Lord. Wow. That is, there's so many people. I think of the atheists who don't even believe in God, but get so mad at people like myself who believe in God. I kind of chuckle sometimes. If you think I'm wasting my time, leave me be. And go live your life. But don't get mad at me because I know my God lives. But yet they get so mad at me. Why? Why? Because deep in the heart of a soul is a longing. We were created to know God. And when we push God out and replace it with a lie, according to Romans chapter 1, we fill it with something different. But that something different doesn't, doesn't fill up the cup. And so there's almost an anger because it's a witness that's why people who are in sin want you to sin just like them so they can feel good about what they're doing. 
Make it acceptable. And if you make it acceptable, I'll feel good about it because everybody's in it. It's like the people all stuck in the mud. Everybody's on the same road. Everybody's going to be stuck in the mud too. Just because everybody's doing it doesn't make it right. Let me close with this. False teachers, future judgment, and how God wants us to live. You know, there's a judgment coming on false teachers, and we have to endure them because they do lead people astray. And it's sad. But the reason why they lead people astray is because we're not Bereans. We're not studying the Word of God. My job is to teach you and challenge you. That's my job. But you are also your best teacher. You also have time that you're in your car, that you can listen to things. You can listen to your scriptures while you're at home in the car. You could even be taking a shower and listening to the scriptures. Come on now. And the reason why I say that, because I do that sometimes. Or I'll put on some praise music, and when I sing in the shower, it's glorious. <laughs> I just don't know what happens to my voice when I come out of the shower. I sing like a canary in there. I'm like, I can't believe I hit that, Lord. <laughs> Let me out all I can say. We can go to bed with the word of God on. Yeah, you know, everywhere you go, you, there's no reason we have technology today. You know, people say, I don't like to read. That's okay. I didn't like to read many of my years as I was in school. And until I, one day, it just clicked. But you have audio now. Yeah, apps, Bible apps, just hit it, and they'll read it right to you. All you have to do is listen, and faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Someone say, praise the Lord. It's never been so easier to know God than today, today we live in. But the problem is we're so distracted by so many things too, which makes it so hard to get to know God. All right, let me land the ship. I don't know if we're going to land the ship. Maybe we should land the plane. <laughs> Doctor ship. All right. Jude, verse 14, 21. Look what it says. Enoch, the seventh from Adam, promised about these men, prophesied about these men. See, the Lord is coming with thousands upon thousands of his holy ones to judge everyone and to convict all the ungodly of all the ungodly acts that have been done in the ungodly way. And of all the harsh words ungodly sinners have spoken against him. This is God's word now. You want you to get this. God has a plan. Look at your neighbor and say, God has a plan. Sometimes when we're living here, we don't realize that God is doing so much more. Let's continue. Verse 16. These men are grumblers and fault finders. They follow their own evil desires. They boast about themselves and flatter others for their own advantage. But dear friends, remember what the apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ foretold. They said this to you. In the last times, there will be scoffers who will follow their own ungodly desires. These are the men who divide you, who follow mere natural instincts, and do not have the spirit. But you, dear friends, build yourself up in the most holy faith and pray in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourself in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you eternal life. 
This is powerful that God is trying you and I and Peter, and we're going. He's going to lay the foundation even deeper next week. This is just a small introduction of the false teaching, false teachers rising up and the effect. But then we're going to talk about the judgment that's going to come on false teachers because then he gives a whole bunch of illustrations and examples. Why, why is that? Because God cares about his word. I had someone not rec uh, recently say to me, you know, the word of God is not really the word of God. You know that, right? And I chuckle when they say that to me because it's not, it's not the first time I've heard that. I'm so glad that Going through education, I got a chance to do different manuscripts and old manuscripts in Hebrew and in Greek. And I'm so glad that I got a chance to dissect the original languages and, and documents that were hundreds of years old and, and do my own work and come up with my own, my own uh, paragraph to, to the original language and then line it up to a literal Bible like something like the New American Standard Bible and how it says it word for word. Isn't it amazing that the God of all creation keeps his word true? Isn't it all amazing? These old manuscripts, which is multiple 9,000 plus man manuscripts of the New Testament. Isn't it amazing that we have all this history and yet people, people we only have a few a few documents of Socrates, just a few of them, and we have so much of the New Testament, and everybody, whatever Socrates says, oh, yes, but we have all the documents that still say the same thing. Nothing's changed, but we always want excuses. Church of God, let me challenge you today. I had one goal today, one goal, and that is to challenge you to get in your word. Challenge you to stop finding excuses, complaining, stop saying you're so busy. If you're too busy for Jesus, you're too busy. Everybody's busy. I know what busy is, but it's still no excuse for me to do what I need to do. If I didn't do what I need to do, you would say, hey, you need to do what you need to do. And I would say, you're absolutely right. But then again, I'm going to put it on your side. You need to do what you need to do so that you can be everything God wants you to be. Can you say amen? amen. Why don't you stand to your feet for me? God is good. Look at your name and say, God is good and he's more than that. He really is. Young ladies, you can stand. One of the beautiful things about what God can do in us and through us, can I challenge you to get in your word? Can I challenge you to really get to know a relationship? Can I challenge you to get to this word? of epinosis, of really knowing who your God is. Stop living on yesterday's old bread. Look at your neighbor and say, stop living on yesterday's old bread. Stop living in the room of contentment and comfort. There's a world out there that needs Jesus. There's a world out there that needs to see the miraculous works of Jesus Christ. There's a world out there that needs to know his love, his mercy, his grace, and his great forgiveness. And God has called you to be his ambassadors for such a time as this. There's a lot of need in this world, and Jesus Christ is the one who will meet the needs, but he want to use people like you and I. Someone say amen. amen. Someone say thank you, Jesus. Amen. But the only way that's going to happen, the only way it's going to happen is you're going to have to be in the word because there's people out there who are trying to deceive and trying to knock down and try to just to prevent the word of God to go forth. But that's why you need to be prayed up. Not fed up, prayed up. Everybody wants to get fed up with everything. Get prayed up in everything. 
and you won't be fed up with anything. Greater is he that's in you than in the world. I'm getting to a point where I just say I want to believe God. I just want to believe God for greater things because he's a great God. Can we give him some praise in the house of the Lord? <laughs> Blessed be his name. Let's go before Father. And if you're watching online and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, if you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, it's so simple. Just ask him to forgive you of your sins. Ask him to come into your life. Believe he died on the cross for you. On the third day, he rose again. Ha <laughs> ha. Defeating death, sin, and the grave. He has a plan. You can even spend all eternity with God, or you can spend eternity away from God. God never created hell for the people of God. He created hell for the demons of God. But because we choose to follow the enemy's way and want nothing to do with God, that's why we all, they all go to the same place. Those go to heaven because they want to be with God. And the reason they want to be with God is because they make God part of their life here. They have a relationship with God. Why would anybody want to go to heaven if they didn't want to be with God on earth? It doesn't make sense to me. But God loves you. Let's go before Father, and let's ask God for some help. Father, we are so grateful for who you are. And I pray that each one here would just seek your face and know your ways and know your plans and purposes you have for their life. I pray, Lord, that they would desire to learn of your word, to learn of your love. Maybe so many people haven't been taught it. Maybe you're online and you come from a family that really don't teach Jesus Christ. I understand that. But Jesus Christ is as real as air, and he wants to you to know him and I guarantee you if you spend the time getting to know his word he will truly help you in every area of your life he will heal you he will do great things in you and you'll have joy unspeakable and full of glory that's the promises that come from God's word that goes for those online that goes for those here you gotta give God you gotta give God your whole heart and if you do God will do a work father I pray right now that you get each person ever so close to you. I pray we get back into your word with a new hunger and a new thirst to get to know you, God. Father, I just ask right now, will you touch our hearts? Help us, Lord, not just to be stirred, but help us right now to say from this day forward, daily, God, I'm going to spend it with you in prayer and reading. I'm going to start off little, but I'm going to keep on increasing, and our times are going to get sweeter and sweeter because I'm in it to win it. I'm ready to risk it for the biscuit, God, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. amen. God wants more out of you, but how much of you do you want out of God? You know, I'm going to just be really vulnerable with you. As a pastor, I get to see a lot of stuff. I get to hear a lot of complaints. I hear a lot of people who want, want life to change, but they have terrible attitudes. They have attitudes not teachable, not hunger. They're miserable 24-7, but yet they don't want to turn to God. And when you see this in the world, and you see this with God's people, as a pastoral point of view sometimes, I recognize that everybody's at a different level but God has so much for you. You don't have to be miserable. You can have joy of the Lord, which can be your strength. And I want that for you. But in order, I could want it for you, but you have to want it for yourself. Taste and see. The Lord is good. The altars are always open. I'm just going to put a blessing upon you. If you want more of God, 
The best place is to seek God. Father, I pray, will you just bless your people, strengthen them, and help them. I pray that your word says to seek you, and they will find you. Father, I pray, will you constantly this week draw them ever so close as they spend time in your presence. Will you meet them, fill them with your spirit, Father, with every gift. And Father, I just ask, thank you for this day that we can be in your place of worship to learn of your word, to recognize there are many who are trying to still kill and destroy out there, but thank God you have given life and life more abundantly. We're going to walk in you. We're going to serve you. We're going to share you. We're going to make a difference this week for your name. We ask this in Jesus' name and all God's people with a loud voice said, amen, amen. amen. Well, we thank you for joining us today. Let's continue to believe that God is going to do a work in all of our lives and in his church, despite our current circumstances. If you would like to support the ministry of Salem First Assembly, you can do so by mailing to 430 Route 45, Salem, New Jersey, 08079, or by visiting our website at salemfirstag.org. Please join us for service next Sunday at 1030 a.m., or you can watch service every Sunday afternoon on Facebook at Salem First Assembly or YouTube at Salem First AG. You can also listen to the message every Tuesday on Podbean. Have a blessed rest of your day. Let's remember to be a blessing and that life is living in faith every day.